mean, uh, I'm, I don't know how many of you have, you know, you've been here, I've been here uh, 11 years plus, and so, there's a lot of things I'm not good at, and we talked, we talked a little bit about that in a board meeting the other night, not that the board pointed it out, <laughs> but, but one of the things I've not been real good at is, is preaching a, ser- a sermon series, and um, but last week I preached uh, about the shipwreck, and, and my wife was saying, oh man, you really ought to you know, expand on that, and, and, and I agreed, and, and so when I sat down to work on the sermon for this week, um, I did that, and then she says, oh, she said, I, I was thinking about preaching a sermon, I said, well, I stopped at the shore, so there's a third sermon coming, and I don't know if it's coming next week or not, but but that's something that, you know, most preachers will preach and they'll have, you know, they may have five or six or seven sermons in their series. And man, it's great. Just not something I've been real good at in the last uh, 11 and a half years. But, but last week, if you remember, I, I talked about how to avoid a shipwreck. And I, and I spent time talking about, about Paul on the ship and talking about the things that took place uh, during the storm and I, I talked about ways that, that they could have avoided the shipwreck. But the thought is this morning, what about those who are already in the water or headed there? What about those whose lives are, and I'm not even talking about uh, the unsaved. I'm talking about sometimes even as Christians, we end up shipwrecked. Sometimes not from, from no fault of our own and sometimes because of our Boneheaded moves. I can't say stupid, so I can't say stupidity because it's a derivative of... But anyway, we make those choices sometimes. So this morning we're going to be in Acts chapter 27 and 28. I won't read all of those scriptures, but I do want to start with Acts chapter 27, verses 39 through 44. Acts chapter 27, verses 39 through 34, 44. So if you have a Bible this morning, hold it up. This is God's Word for me today. Give you another minute or so to find Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 39. I'm a little dry this morning for some reason. All right. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, and at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But, striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow, the bow, the bow, stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope that we have in you that as we as we learn about you, as we learn about your word, we realize and we recognize that you're always with us, helping us even 
in the hard times. And so, Lord God, open our hearts and our ears and our eyes today to receive what you have for us, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, Paul, as he talked to him, as we talked last week, Paul understood and Paul knew that he was about to get shipwrecked. Paul hadn't done anything wrong, had he? Paul wasn't out of the will of God, was he? And yet Paul, as he, last week he tried to tell him how to keep from getting shipwrecked. This week Paul looks into it and he, he realizes I'm going to be shipwrecked. And so I believe he began to pray to God and, and I don't even think he asked God not to let him get shipwrecked. I believe as Paul began to pray, as Paul began to see what was about to happen, he, I believe, and this isn't in the scripture necessarily, but I believe Paul said, okay God, we're going to be shipwrecked. What can we do? What can I do to help those around me? What can I do to, to, to help those that are with me? What can I do? What can be my part, God, in the shipwreck? Instead of, instead of moaning and whining and complaining to God about why do I have to be shipwrecked with these heathens? Now this is just Pastor Terry talking about what I think might have been going through Paul's mind based on the principles in Scripture. So Paul knew that a shipwreck was about to happen, so Paul began to prepare the group for a shipwreck. Why couldn't Paul just begin to prepare the group to have a nice, safe landing? I don't know, but God says, you know, the Word says he had to prepare them for a shipwreck. So in verses, chapter 27, verses 20, starting at verse 20, it says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, men, you should have, li <laughs> men, you should have listened to me. Come on now. If you guys had listened to me, we wouldn't be in this mess. But, If you would have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss, yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship, and he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. Have you heard anything about the theme about don't being afraid in the service today? I don't know, but I think I did. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Isn't it great to be alongside somebody that talks to God? So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Now, come on, what kind of faith is that? God speaks, I hear, and I believe. That's the kind of faith I want. But we must, we must run aground on some island. We're going to be shipwrecked. You're all going to be okay, but we're going to get shipwrecked. Get ready. We're going to get shipwrecked. You see, but Paul wasn't afraid. Why wasn't Paul afraid? Because he was a, an Olympic swimmer? 
Paul wasn't afraid because Paul had a word from the Lord. Paul wasn't afraid because he spoke with the man. Paul wasn't afraid because God told him, here's the way it's going to be. So when you got a word from the Lord, you don't need to be afraid of what the world says. What kind of voices are we listening to? Because Paul could have very well been afraid, even though he had a word from the Lord. Paul could have been afraid if he had begun to listen to the world around him. If he had begun to listen to those who would probably say, oh man, we're all going to die. Paul had a word from the Lord, and he just happened to believe in God. He just happened to believe that if God said it, I can stand on it. If God said it, I don't have to be afraid. And he had a God-appointed destiny. God had already set in motion what was going to happen in the rest of Paul's life. And Paul didn't need to be afraid because God has set me in motion to do something and he isn't going to finish with me until it's done. I'm not going to die here in the, in the ocean because I know God has already told me where I'm going next. It wasn't a, some luxury hotel suite. It was to Rome to be imprisoned and tried. But Paul, that, that, Paul wasn't worried about that. He knew that God had a plan. And so he had a word from God and he had a destiny from God. So therefore he doesn't have to be afraid. I want to tell you something this morning. You can have those same two things active in your life today. Not a 20 year old word from God, but a today word from God. And not a 20-year-old appointment from God, but a today appointment from God. How does all that happen? You have to have a relationship with Him. You have to be willing to listen to Him. You have to be willing to have enough faith that when God speaks to you, you know it's His voice and you're going to stand on it. You and I, each one of us today, can have a word from God. It doesn't have to come from the pastor's mouth. God can speak to you personally, if you have a relationship with Him. And when He does, and when He gives you an appointment, you can trust that He will bring you through every storm to get you to the place of that appointment. To get you to where He has called you to be no matter what. You see, everyone else on the ship that day was a beneficiary of Paul's word from God and his appointment from God. Everyone else was just fortunate enough that they were on the same ship as Paul and not somebody else when the storm came. <coughs> we go to Acts chapter 27, verse 30 through 32. I read this already, we'll read it again. As the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the boat. Now listen, here were some cats that were trying to escape. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. Paul says, listen, everyone on the ship must stay on the ship until the appointed time. And if anybody leaves the ship, you all perish. So some pretty smart fellas cut the rope. <laughs> they finally were starting to get it that Paul knew what he was talking about. They were finally starting to get it that Paul, Paul had a connection somewhere. And so they started paying a little bit of attention. You see, Paul had convinced them 
that God was with him. And that if God is with him and God is speaking to him and God is speaking through him, they need to pay attention because God was about to do something. You see, sometimes we, we start thinking just of ourselves. You see, these few sailors had decided our best chance, our best chance is to get in that boat and get off this big boat. Our best chance of survival is to take matters into our own hands, not listen to what Paul has to say, not, there, not listen, but to take matters into our own hands. Now, I know none of you have ever done that, but I have. I've tried to take matters in my own hands. I've tried to do it my own way sometimes, and it just doesn't work out when God's saying do it another way. You just don't have the results that you should get when God says, no, I want you to do it this way. You see, sometimes we find ourselves shipwrecked because of a bad decision or a bad choice. And sometimes we find ourselves shipwrecked because of life circumstances. And no matter why you find yourself shipwrecked this morning, I want you to know that God is with you. So the first point that I would like to hit on this morning is it's time to swim. It's time to swim. The first thing they did was they ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and to make for land. Now think about this. The boat's falling apart. The storm is still blowing. I'm sure the seas were pretty choppy. I, 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 my wife and I, this last year when we were when we were on vacation, we went on a little fishing excursion out, deep sea fishing, and, and the boat was rocking pretty good. I didn't, didn't bother me, didn't really bother her too much. But there were a lot of people on the inside with green faces and bags. I don't know what they're... I, all I know is my wife says, because that kind of thing really oh, doesn't do well with me, she says, don't go inside. <laughs> that was good enough for me, understood completely. Stand out here. Don't go inside, she said. <laughs> but can you imagine? Okay, if you can swim, go ahead and jump in. Don't you imagine there was just a little bit of like, okay, I'm, the boat is still here. <laughs> I know it's getting bad, but the boat's still here. But I think there had been enough time and enough influence from Paul that when they were told to jump, they jumped. Now, I've got seven grandkids. They're all, they all love the water. But it takes a little time to get them ready to jump in. Well, sometimes they do it out of, out of uh, just like, oh, no, don't do it. But, but then once they learn that they can drown... It takes them some time. And when they when they're, get to the point where they can swim, they'll jump in. But here we see the stormy sea and all the ta- and, and they're told to jump in. It's time to get wet. It's time to do what God is asking you to do. It's time to be obedient. It's time to realize that where you're at is not where God wants you to be. And the only way you're going to be what God wants you to be is to jump in the water. You can swim. 
God has already given you what you need. God has already, has already provided the way. God has already strengthened you. God has already taught you some things. He says, jump in and start swimming. You see, sometimes God tells us to jump, and again, we start hearing those other voices that are saying, well, but, oh, did you think about this? Did you think about the fact that maybe the wind's going to stop blowing at any moment and that boat's not going to fall apart? Did you think about the fact that this, or, or did you think about the fact of that? Did you think about the fact there might be, I don't know, sharks in the water? I, all, and, and in our lives today, when, when we begin to hear the voice of God to swim, we start then hearing all the other reasons why we shouldn't. All the other reasons why we should be afraid. All the other reasons why it may not work out. What if? Now, I've never known a kid in my life that asked that what if more than my son, Josh. No matter what we were going to do, he always had another scenario. He always had a question, what if this and what if that? Okay, Josh, that, that isn't going to happen. Well, what if it did? <laughs> what if? If you get anywhere near a horse, that horse is coming after him. But Josh, it can't get out of work. Well, what if it did? What if it did? And if we're not careful, the same thing happens in the spiritual that happens in the flesh. We, 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 we can even know what God's asking us to do. We can even know that God is giving us, you know, the opportunity to do it. And yet we still sometimes listen to the, the world when it says, well, what if? What if it don't go the way you think it should? What if people don't want to hear it? What if this and what if that? And, it, you know... Sometimes we spend so much time listening to the what-ifs that we completely pass up the moment to do to swim. There's times when it's just time to jump in and start swimming. If God says jump in and start swimming, guess what? He knows you're capable of swimming. But then, after that, you're wondering what these are for, right? But there's another group of people on the boat. They can't swim! Anybody in here that can't swim? Seriously, I'm not making fun. I know a lot of people that, that genuinely can't swim. So there's a little bit higher fear factor, isn't it, when you get on a boat? There's just a little bit more intimidation when it's time <laughs> and the waters get rough and you start looking for the life jackets, right? How many pay attention when they tell you where the life jackets are? I don't ever pay attention to that. I don't know. Where's the life jackets? I don't know. They told us, but I can't remember. Anybody need a life jacket this morning? So the next group of people. Now, if for those non-swimmers in here, think about this for a minute. That next group of people, they said, okay, go ahead and jump in and grab something. Well, what if there's nothing there to grab? What if there's no floater, no floaty? You know, we got, we got hundreds of floating devices at our house. We got big ones and little ones, and, and we got all kinds of fun things for the kids to float on and the adults. But anyway, us old people, you know, my wife and I, we just want to float around. We don't want anybody to bother. You know, the kids come over and they want to, you know, 
We have a great time doing it, though. Or at least I do, anyway. But, But here we got the second group of people. And so I titled this point, Grab Something and Get Paddling. You know what Pastor Jared said this morning when he said, if you want to come up for prayer, but you don't feel like coming up for yourself, grab somebody. That's right, that's right where we're going. Part of what we're talking about this morning. That's why we need each other. Sometimes we're not, we don't, we're not feeling capable of doing it ourselves, but there's brothers and sisters around us that, that we can say, hey, I need, I need you to pray with me. I need you to agree with me. I need you to go to the front with me. I need you to do this with me. Why? Not because you're anything great. You're just a brother or sister in the Lord, and I need your strength to help my weakness. It says, grab some stuff. Rest on planks or pieces of the ship. The ship's falling apart. Grab one of them broken down old pieces and start paddling. Grab one of those pieces from the ship, one of those things that, that's, that's no good for anything else now. It's no good as a ship now, but it's your lifeline. It's the thing that's going to help you get to shore. You see, God knows us. He knows there are times, now get this, He knows there are times when He's going to ask us to do something that we're not going to be able to do on our own. You know how humbling it is to ask for help? How many guys in here especially? Do you like to ask for help? I don't. I was working at my house yesterday, and I just wished I had some help. Did I, I thought, well, I could call. Did I call anybody? No. Did my back hurt when I was on? Yes. And I'm thinking, I'm never doing this again. Yes. Until the next time. You know? And, 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 but God knows that He is going to ask us to do something sometime, and we're going to have to call a brother. Men. We're going to have to call a brother and say, hey, dude, I need some help. In the physical, and the natural, yes, but also in the spiritual. I need a brother to go to battle with me. I need a brother to, fight, to help me fight this, this enemy that's coming against me spiritually. Not a person, not a, not a name, not a, but, a, but a, an, a spiritual attack that I need somebody to fight with me as a warrior. Or ladies, I just need a, another lady who knows how to pray. I need her to hold me because God is asking me to do something. And he's, and he's already told me that I'm going to need some help. And I'm asking you to, to be my friend and be my helper and war with me in this circumstance and in this situation. But I also believe there were probably some people in that group, whether they could swim or whether they couldn't swim, when they got a hold of something or, or, or when they were able to, they would see another person that maybe was struggling. And they'd say, hey, here's a piece of my ship. I don't need the whole thing. I'm sure there were those that would probably be greedy and say, oh no, stay away from my board. But I'm sure there were people there that would say, hey, listen, you need some help. So I think maybe to this morning, and I believe that there's people in here that would say, well, thank God right now I'm not shipwrecked. I hope there's some people in here. Thank God right now I'm not shipwrecked. But God is asking me to help people that are. And He's going to open our eyes and open our hearts to see around us people that, that are in the water and they need a hand. They need somebody to throw out the lifeline. They need somebody to, to take what, what might be their safety and, and say, hey, here, grab a hold. Grab a hold and swim to safety. And maybe they need somebody encouraging them. 
they're coming up behind them and, and they're doing everything they can do to swim and say, come on, come on, keep going. Keep going. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't quit on God. Don't quit when God has got you going in the direction of safety. Don't quit when the shore, you can see the shoreline right over there. You don't know what it is yet, but you can see it coming. Keep swimming. Keep paddling. Keep pushing. You see, Paul does get his moment of, I told you so. But Paul doesn't stay there, does he? Paul gets his moment of, well, if you had to listen to me, but what he goes in that very short moment, then he jumps on, he says, listen, here's what you need to do to survive the shipwreck. Here's what you need to do to get you to the shore. You see, it's in our, in our minds, and you know, and, and we'd like to be able to tell people, you know, when you get saved, God rescues you from all this, and it's just easy sailing, right? But that's not the case. They still had to swim to get to shore, didn't they? They still had to fight the wind and the waves, whether they were on a piece of the ship or whether they were swimming for all they had. They still had to swim to get to shore. They still had to battle to get there. Reality is, if we follow God's instructions, He will deliver us. But it will still require us to do some work. We will still be wet and cold, but we'll make it through. And when we make it through on the other side, there's going to be there's going to probably there's going to be a fire, and there's going to be food, and there's going to be warmth, and there's going to be somebody to help and take care of us. But we need to start swimming. Sometimes we look at where we're at, and and even if it's not great, it's a safety thing. Sometimes we look at, at our lives spiritually and, and, and maybe it's not the greatest thing. Maybe we're not, you know, maybe we're not really doing a lot for the Lord. Maybe, we're, you know, maybe we're on, but, but it's, it's safe. And instead of listening to the voice of the Lord who says, jump in, you're going to get destroyed where you're at, but you don't see it sometimes. We don't see the fact that, that if we stay where we're at, we're going to die. We are blinded many times to the spiritual aspect of where we're at and where God wants us to be. But I've talked about it before, and I, I believe with all my heart that if we're not going forward, we're going to start getting stale and stagnant and lifeless and dead. That's what happens when people stand still. What happens to the body? If you were just to say, okay, from now on, I ain't getting out of bed. What's going to happen to your body? Your muscles are going to get weak. I'm not a medical person. I know we got some in here, so just close your ears. You know, just. But your, your muscles are going to get weak. They've got names for all this stuff. Your muscles are going to get weak. Your functions are going to shut down. And eventually, you're going to die. You know, the sad thing they told us about my dad after he broke his hip, and he's laying there in bed, and the doctor said, well, if he dies on the operating table, but if he doesn't die on the operating table, if he doesn't have the surgery, which he didn't end up having, he's going to die anyway. He said his body's going to shut down. And about three months later, it did. Why? Because the body needs 
something. The body needs us to move. The body needs us to strengthen it. The body needs And the same is true in our spiritual life. The, this, our spiritual life needs, a, needs some training. It needs some exercise. It needs some feeding. It needs some get up and go. And God is asking us to get in and swim. He wants us to be strengthened. He wants us to, to because why? Because he's got a word for us and he's got a destiny for us. And this morning, if you haven't heard that word and if you don't have a sense of that destiny, I would just ask you to, to, to begin to cry out to God and begin to say, God, what is the word you have for me? And God, where is the destiny that you have for my life? And whether you're a teenager or whether you're, you're in, in the prime of life or whether you think you've passed that prime, God has still got a prime for you. He's still got a word for you. He's still got a plan for you. He's still got a purpose for you. But you might just have to get wet this morning. You might just have to throw off restraints. You might just have to stop thinking about all the what-ifs. And you might just have to jump in and get wet to get to the place where God wants you. Acts chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. I'll close here. After we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. I would encourage you to read on past there if you want to know where we're going next, because it wasn't over yet. Malta was not their final destination, but a God-ordained place of rescue. They were safe and they were warm for a time, but they still weren't where God wanted them to be. He still had more for Paul to do. You see, this morning, if you're a Christian and you feel like you're shipwrecked this morning, I just want to encourage you that God wants you to get wet. God wants you to start swimming. And maybe God, maybe you feel like this morning you, you, you can't do it on your own. That's okay. Grab a piece of the ship and hold on and start paddling. Grab somebody and say, hey, I just need you. I need your strength. I need you to pray with me. I need you to believe with me. And maybe you're here this morning and you would say, well, I'm, I don't understand a lot of what you're talking about because I'm, I'm not even a Christian. I haven't even asked Christ in my, into my life, but I, I, I hear what you're saying and I really want that strength in my life. I really want that rescue in my life this morning. I want you to know that God is here to rescue you this morning. Would you bow your heads? Lord, this morning, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your promise and I thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have in you. And Lord, maybe here this morning there are some that have been shipwrecked. Maybe they're, they're, they're shipwrecked this morning. Maybe they're still on the boat waiting to jump. Maybe they've already jumped in the water. And Lord, they don't know what the next step is. But God, I pray that you would encourage them this morning that if they will follow your voice, you will lead them to the shore. They will be rescued. Lord, maybe there is one here this morning that doesn't know you. And their life is a shipwrecked mess. But God, this morning you have come to encourage them to give their life to you and you will be their rescue. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed this morning,
would just ask you with a show of hands, if you're here this morning, you would say, man, I am in the water. I'm a shipwrecked mess, and this morning I just want God's Word to rescue me. Would that be you this morning? Just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Yes. Thank you for your honesty this morning. I see those hands. If you're here this morning as well, and you would say, Pastor, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about a lot of. I, I don't understand it all, but this morning I, get a, I just got something inside of me that, that says I just need to ask Jesus into my life. Would that be you? I want to pray with you as well this morning. Would there be one that would say, that's me, Pastor? I want us to stand, and I'm going to, I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I hadn't planned on doing this, but I'm just going to, I'm going to ask anyone in here that will to just move to the front of the building. And we're just going to pray together as a group. And if you come up here and you feel the Lord laying on your heart to put your hand on someone's shoulder, I believe that's the Holy Spirit telling you they need your hand, they need prayer. For all, we're just going to take a moment. I'm going to let you, any who will, just move to the front, whether you raise your hand or not. It's not about whether you raised your hand. It's just about any that will move to the front. We're going to pray together as a group as we close this service out. I believe God wants to use someone in here or more than one in here to lay a hand on somebody and let them know that you are praying with them. Whether or not you raised your hand, I'm asking you to just listen to the voice of the Lord as we say this, as we close this morning. Yeah, squeeze on up. Don't be afraid of me. I'm done preaching. I'm not going to spit anymore. <laughs>